Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have taken a short break from our Bible series in Genesis for this 14-part series on New Testament given. We will return back to our Bible series in Genesis after this current series. Thank you. We look at Titan in ancient world. We look at Titan in the pre-Mosaic period. So today we want to look at Titan under Mosaic law. So let us read Leviticus chapter 27 verses 30 to 33. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the field or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. If you want to buy back the lost tenth of the grain of fruit, you must pay its value plus 20%. Count off every tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord as holy. You may not pick and choose between good and bad animal, and you may not substitute one for another. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be bought back. Praise the Lord. So that is definitely a good place to start. Again, let me say this again, that tithe and tithing did not originate with Mosaic Law. Now, I've just read a portion from the Mosaic Law because that is what we are dealing with today. And we're going to come back to that couple of verses in a second. So we, we need to repeat that. We need to repeat it again and again and again, that tithe and tithing did not originate with Mosaic Law. However, the law, because it is the law, help us clearly to see and to understand the principle of tithing. And that is one of the advantages of the law. Because it is the law, it is written, as people will say, in black and white. So the law definitely helped us to be able to see clearly and to be able to understand the principle of tithing. We expect, like we said, we expect that tithing under the law, while retaining the trans-dispensational principle of tithing, will, however, be structured in a way that is peculiar to the mosaic system of worship. We expect that to happen. So the law of Moses adopted the principle of tithing and developed it. And that is very, very important. That, yes, there will be character of tithing on that dif- different dispensation that is peculiar to that dispensation. But what we are saying is that the principle will always be the same. So the law of Moses obviously assimilated and adopted the principle of tithing, but it develops it. The question really that most people argue about is not really the question. The way we ask question is very, very important. Should New Testament believer tithe or not tithe? That for me is not the question. The question for me is how did the New Testament adopt the principle of tithing and develop it? And obviously we'll get into that a little bit of that in this teaching and also in near future teaching. But let us move on. So when I, when you listen and when I listen to people argue about tithing under the New Testament, the first thing you notice is that they often tend to oversimplify the system of tithing under the Mosaic Law. But number two, we tend to focus on more on what is being given. Is it 10%? Is it 15%? Is it 10% on the gross? Is it 10%? <laughs> that is what we often focus on why we pay lesser attention to the why, the reason and the purposes of tithing. And I, re- and the reason I'm saying that is that if we focus, now obviously we need to know what, but if we focus on the reason and the purpose of tithing, it kind of make it a lot easier for us to talk about what. Okay, so number one, we need to understand the system of tithing under Mosaic law. We need to understand that that system is much more complex than is often presented. 
Okay, it's often much more complex than it's often presented. Now, it is a lot easier for us to look at the different ways in which the tithe is used under the Mosaic law. That is actually a little bit easier to enumerate. Okay, and that is important. And that is the why, the reason, the purpose, why tithe is given. I remember what we said that one of the advantages of the law is that the law is clear. We can see it, okay? We can, and we have the Bible in front of us, so we can see the reason, the purpose, the focus, the reason why it was set off. And you will see that there are three major different purposes that is set out to fulfill. So so, so that 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 is a lot easier to, to see. Now, the more difficult part of it is how the titan was given. That system of tithing under the mosaic law. Now, that is not as easy as the first question, but we'll see how the Lord will help us to look into it. Now, when you look through the mosaic law, and I, I, I try not to say Old Testament, because remember, while we're talking about tithe, there's actually a part of the Old Testament that is pre-mosaic law. So when we look under the mosaic law, there are five, five, <laughs> okay? There are five major passages that are related to tithing under Mosaic law. I will list them and I think we'll probably just look at two of them today by the grace of God. So five major passages that are related to tithe and tithing under Mosaic law. Under Mosaic law. Number one is Leviticus chapter 27, verses 30 to 33. Then we have Numbers chapter 18, verses 21 to 32. And then we have the other three in the book of Deuteronomy. So that Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 6 to 19. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 to 29, and Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 12 to 15. Don't worry if you don't get all of them. We are going to run through them again anyway. So we have one in Leviticus 27, one in Numbers 18, and three in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 12, Deuteronomy 14, and Deuteronomy 26. Now we have read the Leviticus one, so we are going to look at that again. That's Leviticus chapter 27. Verses 30 to 33. So now we are going to take a closer look at that. So let me put that back on the screen. Okay. So we want to look at this. Now, this is the first passage in the law that mentioned tithe and tithing. So this is the first passage. So this is really, really very, very important for us to consider because it's the first time that it mentioned tithing under, under the Mosaic law. So let's read it again because I've now highlighted a couple of verses there that I want us to look at. Okay. And the first thing you see is that when you read the whole book of Leviticus, it just was talking and it came into the verse 30 and it said, one tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the field or fruit from the tree belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Now, the first thing you notice from that straight away is that when when the Spirit of the Lord was going to come to this issue of Titan, he just speak about Titan as an inc- in an incidental fa- fashion. There was no fanfare. It was not as there was no it, there was no sense as if he was introducing something new. There was no wait. I want to tell you something that you've not no. It was it just it was just mentioned by the matter of fact by just by the matter you know of speaking. So it's, it was almost mentioned in a way the, the term that they used is was mentioned in an incidental fashion in other words there was no fanfare it, it was not as if you want to say something you know if you want to tell some 
tell people something you know they've not known before or they they have not used to before you you emphasize it no that was not the the sense there is that it was just said by matter of factly fashion as if they were already aware of it so what i'm saying is that when you look at the way this was introduced in the book of leviticus it shows that the, that titan was already known to israel before the given of the law now that's just another evidence now, obviously, we have seen various other evidence. This is another evidence to show us that the principle of tithing was not new to the children of Israel. They were already aware of the principle of tithing. Okay, that's the first thing we notice in this in this Leviticus. The other thing is, it tells us here that tithe is holy unto the Lord. So let's let's put that back. Let's put that back and look at a couple of those phrases there. Okay, verse 30 again, he said, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the field or fruit from, from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him. In other words, what he's saying here, King James says, holy unto the Lord. In other words, it already belongs to God. This part of your property, of your resources, actually already belongs to God. It's not an offering. It's not a free will offering. It's not something that you can then use to make a hood or to give us a free will offering. What God is saying here that this part already belongs to God. It is holy unto the Lord. And you can see that repeated actually verse 32. So verse 31, verse 30 and 31, it talks about the, the produce of the land, the grains of the field, the fruit of the tree. And then verse 32, it then talks about the animals. Verse 32 says, count off every tenth animal from your herd and flock and set them apart for the Lord as holy. Now, this is, this is really very, very important for us to understand. What he's saying here that this part already belongs to God. Okay. And here a percentage was given. It belongs to the Lord. Now, the next thing you will notice in this verse is that actually, in this instruction that God gave the children of Israel, there were actually parts that were fixed and there were parts that were flexible. Now, this is, this is really, really very important for us to understand. Okay, in this instruction, there was a part that you cannot do anything. It is fixed. There's, there are parts that are flexible. Let's, let's go back. Let's put that back on the screen and I want you to see that. So at the beginning from verse 30, 31, it, it was talking about the produce of the land, okay? The produce of the land, there's the grain from the field, there's the fruit from the trees. Now, verse 31 introduces something that is interesting. He said, if you want to buy back the lost tenth of the grain or fruit, so you can buy that back. You don't have to bring the grain and the fruit. You can buy that back. But he said, if you have to do that, okay, you can pay its value, but you have to add 20%. You can pay the value back, but you have to add 20%. Is that okay? Now, but then from verse 32, it then talks about the type of animals. Okay? And it said this one is not negotiable. Number one, it said you cannot choose, pick and choose which one of the animals you want to give unto the Lord. So you start counting every 10, 10, 10, 10 fall unto the Lord. You cannot pick and choose, number one. Then the, number two, you cannot substitute one animal for another. But most importantly, when you then go to verse 33, he said towards the end, he said, you cannot buy it back. Unlike what you can do with respect to the grain and the fruit, when it comes to the animal, 
it is fixed. There is no negotiation. And this is very, very important. So the first thing is that he said that they can buy back. They can redeem the crop, the grain and the fruit. Now, now I want you to see here, because this is very, very important, because sometimes we think that tithing under the Old Testament was just so, you know, <laughs> so unyielding. It's just there, like... You know, like it is just rigid. No, actually there's flexibility here. Even in tight under the Old Testament, concerning the fruits and the grain, he said, look, there are times when it may be considered, when a farmer actually considers that it doesn't, there's a desire, there's a need not to give the fruit and there's a need not to give the grain. Now, one of the conditions where that can happen is if a farmer needs all the seed, in order to plant a crop for the next year. Do you see here? There can be situations when the farmer actually felt the need not to give the grain and the fruit. And the Bible, and the Lord was telling them, giving them this instruction that if that is the case, it's absolutely okay. For whatever reason, when it becomes necessary for that to be done, God said it's okay. But you are allowed to give the monetary value but you have to pay extra 20% on top. And obviously, number one, that will discourage abuse, okay? But what I want you to see here is the flexibility here, that God actually realized that there may be situations when the farmer may need to hold back the grain and hold back the fruit, but it's not an excuse not to give. In fact, if anything, you have to pay a little bit more. So number one, you convert, <laughs> you convert it to another currency and then you have to pay 20% on top of that value. And then you give that to the Lord. But there's the other part that is not negotiable. We see that in verses 32 to 33. Concerning the animal, they cannot substitute one for another and they cannot redeem it. Why? Because they need the animal for sacrifice. Okay? They cannot substitute that. They cannot redeem that. That has to be given <laughs> in value. You cannot exchange that for anything else. So I want us to see, because this, this is helping us to begin to, you know, see how this connects with us as New Testament believers. Praise the Lord. Now, let's move on. Let's move on to the second. You remember, we are talking about now about five major passages under the Mosaic Law, Mosaic Law that relate to tithe. Okay, we've looked at one. Now we are going to look at the second one. So the second one is in Numbers. I kept wanting to say November. <laughs> See, second one is in Numbers, chapter 18, verses 21 to 32. Obviously, this is a longer one. So I'm not going to read all of them. I'm just going to pick a few verses. And, and they, will, they, will, they will give us the sense. So Numbers, so let's, let's put Numbers on the system. So Numbers... Chapter 18, I will read verse 21, 24, 28. Then we read 31 and 32. We are reading in the New Living Translation. Now, 21 tells us, you know, give us an introduction. As for the tribe of Levi, your relatives, I will compensate them for their service in the tabernacle. Instead of an allotment of land, I will give them the tithes 
from the entire land of Israel. That explains where we are going here. But let's read down verse 24. Because I have given them the Israelites tithes, which have been presented as sacred offering to the Lord, this will be the Levites' share. That is why I said they will receive no allotment of land among Israelites. Let's jump down to verse 28. You must present one-tenth of the tithe received from the Israelites as a sacred offering to the Lord. This is the Lord's sacred portion, and you must present it to Aaron the priest. Now, now that introduced another level, which I'm going to talk about. But let's read verses 31 and 32. You Levites and your families may eat this food anywhere you wish, for it is your compensation for serving in the tabernacle. Compensation for serving in the tabernacle, verse 32. You will not be considered guilty for accepting the lost tithe if you give the best portion to the priest. But be careful not to trade the holy gift of the people of Israel as though they were common. If you do, you will die. Now, this is so important, particularly in the environment and the toxic environment that is around us with respect to this issue of Titan. Look, this is the Old Testament. We are talking about the Old Testament. We are talking about Titan, not just in the Old Testament. We are talking about Titan under the Mosaic Law. Now, I will start making comment on this verse 32. It's God told to Levite, he said, you will not be considered guilty for accepting the lost tithe if you give the best portion to the priest. You will not be considered guilty. It is absolutely right for ministers and ministry to receive financial support from the people. There's nothing wrong in that. It's not, it's not anything wrong and nobody should be made to feel guilty for doing that. It is the right thing to do. Remember our plea the last time. This is the right thing to do. It, and it is the right thing, and I'm going to show us from some New Testament scripture before we finish. We are running out of time now. This is right. This is the right, is the biblical thing to do. God was telling the Levite, you will not be guilty for accepting the lost tithe. Hey, remember what we said? We know there were people that are abusing it, and I'm going to come to that in a bit in this verse. We know there are people that are abusing it. We know there are people that are taking advantage of other people. We understand that. But this is the right thing. This is the biblical thing to do. He said, but be careful not to treat the holy gift of the people of Israel as though they were common. If you do, you will die. This is my point. The people that are treating the given of the church that are embezzling it, that are eating it, that are using it to feed their own greed, God said he will punish them. I don't know whether God will kill them literally or not, but God said I will take care of them because they are hindering the kingdom of God. And God said, I will avenge that. And it is very, very important for us to understand it. Now, 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 because of time, let's look at a couple of factors here. In this passage, God tells the Israelite what the tithe was to be used for. So let's, let's put that in outline. What is the tithe used for? It is to be used primarily. Now, we're going to see some other part of this. This is primary, primary, primary. Okay, remember what I said, that when we read through all these five verses, it's going to tell us three different use of the tithe under the Mosaic Law. But this is the primary purpose of this system of financial support under Mosaic Law. 
primarily it is to support the ministry of the Levite. This is the primary purpose for which this system was set out, is to support the ministers and to support the ministry. This is very, very important. You understand that we've mentioned this in passing, that the tribe of Levite was separated from the people. You know, oftentimes we often say that, you know, the 12th tribe of Israel, I mean, the 12th tribe of Israel were the 12 sons of Jacob. That is not actually true. Okay. The 12th tribe of Israel were not actually the 12th tribe of Jacob because what God did is God took Levi out of those 12. Okay. And then God make Joseph to, God gave Joseph two tribes. Okay, so you will not see the tribe of Joseph because Manasseh and Ephraim, those were the two sons of Joseph that were born to him in Egypt. You remember that story? Then Jacob then went to Egypt and Jacob literally adopted those two children as his own. So you will not hear about the tribe of Joseph, but you will hear of his son. And that is because God took away Levi from the twelve and replaced them with the two of of. Joseph, I hope I've not confused you. So you will not hear the tribe of Joseph. You will hear the tribe of Manasseh and Ephraim. And God took out the tribe of Levi and God told them, he's calling them to be consecrated to the work of the temple. So they cannot work. And they cannot go out and do what other people do to make money. All right. Because they are doing the work. And God now asked all the other 11 tribes to actually be responsible to support them financially. They must not suffer loss because they are invested in the kingdom of God. And God is not going to rain money down from, for them from heaven. So God committed their brothers to support them financially, to support the ministry and to support the minister. So this was the primary purpose of the time. Not the only purpose, we are still going to talk about other uses. So, they were supposed to give the tithe to the Levi, but it doesn't stop there. And this is very, very important because where we read, the Levi themselves are in turn to pay tithe of the tithes. <laughs> and this is very important. The Levi themselves in turn are to pay tithe of the tithes, just like the rest of the people did, but they are now supposed to pay that tithe to who? To the Aaronic high priest. Now, this is very, very important. And that is the pattern in the Old Testament, or I should say specifically under the Mosaic law. So under the Mosaic law, only the Aaronic high priest did not give tithe. We could say then that under the Mosaic law, ultimately the tithe was paid to the high priest. Ultimately. The tithe was paid to the high priest. It was only the high priest that did not pay tithe. And this second passage has a lot of parallel in the New Testament. I'm going to stop there today because we are going to pick up this. There's, there's this parallel I want us to see of this second passage that I've read. So I'm going to stop there today. Next time we're going to start from this second passage by the grace of God. And then we'll move on to the other three that are left. And if you are listening to me today, I want you to know that God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. There's no other name given among men which by my say this world will come to an end. It's rushing to an end. There is a personality that the Bible called the Antichrist that is going to arise and the whole nation are journeying towards that. And then the end will come. But all those people that are giving their life to Christ, they will be able to spend eternity with him after we've gone. 
after this world is finished number one if you're born again he will walk with you be your god be your father be your friend walk with you the rest of your life here and when this is all over you and i will be able to spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. do it right now we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on youtube maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you